0: So, yesterday we were discussing some of the asool, the principles which Shaykh has written that if we keep them in mind, we will be able to benefit more from our ma'mulat, we will be able to benefit more from our daily practices, and number two, we will be able to preserve, maintain those blessings that are obtained from doing the ma'mulat, the daily zikr askar. And we ended yesterday on is sunnah. Number ten Number nine was is sunnah. Number ten is that we should be careful to make sure that the risk that we get The sustenance that we get Our means of earning Should be both halal and tayyib Should be risk halal and Should be both halal and tayyib Halal means that it is absolutely lawful Opposite of haram that there is nothing impermissible and nothing prohibited in it but tayyib is one higher level, one higher daraja. Tayyib means that there is nothing even doubtful in it Tayyib means of the permissible things We try to find the purest of permissible things Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hadith Al halalu bayyunun wal haramu bayyunun That that which is halal is clear is manifest That which is haram is clear and manifest Wa baynuhum al mutashabihat And between the two Or between the two are umur, between the two are certain matters that are unclear, that are ambiguous. That we don't know 100% whether it's halal or haram. So it befits a salik, a seeker on this path, that he should stay away from those things that are doubtful. You can understand this by way of an example. Imagine that there are two jars of candy. Each jar has 100 candies inside of it. Jar number one, I tell you that all 100 candies are pure. And then I tell you in jar number 2, 99 candies are pure, there's one poisonous candy in there, only 1% chance. Will anybody in their right mind take a candy from jar number 2? Will anybody take even a 1% chance with their physical health? No. So just like that, we shouldn't even want to take a 1% chance with our spiritual health. Why when we sacrifice so much time, we make mujahida, we sit down, we make marakabha, we do istighfar, we do durut, And then after all that, we take some chance in the world that will spoil all of this hard work. So in order to preserve again the benefits of the ma'mulat, we have to leave those things that are doubtful, confine ourselves to those things that are halal, and try to confine ourselves to those things that are tayyib, those things which are the purest and noblest forms of wealth. What can that mean? Let me give you some examples. Now, if there's a person who has a clothing store, and he sells clothing for women. Let's see, he sells jeans for women. So technically speaking, many ulama might give you a fatwa that is permissible to sell those type of clothing. But we have to ask, is this the most purest way of earning a living? Do we want to be a part of this mechanism or this machine in society in which women are wearing clothing that is not appropriate for them to wear? Do we really want to make our means of earning Right? Selling clothing that really our dean doesn't really want women to wear. So how can we condemn society that in the society around us women are wearing tight jeans when we ourselves are the store owner who sold that woman a tight jean? And we have only ourselves to blame for not being able to control our gaze. Right? So tayyib. Tayyib means gradually. Now another thing is that we have to be very careful with ourselves. We can't be very rash. It doesn't mean we go back to katsina, shut down our shops, we heard in Lusaka we have to have tayyib wealth No, no, gradually You make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take me from this to even more pure form, to even a more pure form As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the mahraj, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the exit, we take the exit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always willing to bring us from one level to the next It's just that we have to have that desire, that intention, that dua. When we have that desire, intention, and dua, Allah will open up the path for us to move into something that is more pure in terms of our earning and our livelihood. The eleventh thing is very important. And it's very important also for us to know... (coughs) It's very important for us to know that when Shaykh writes these books, we have to do extreme qadr of these books. Because one way of getting sohba, and inshallah, you must have discussed it with Shaykh Junaid earlier today. One way of getting the company of the Shaykh is reading his books. It's a great tragedy that the vast majority of the students of the Shaykh don't read the Shaykh's books. It's a type of nifaq. It's a type of hypocrisy. That if you really love someone, then the words of your beloved would mean so much to you. Right? And Shaykh doesn't write just for the sake of writing. These aren't novels being written. This is part of the duty that the sheikh is fulfilling. So many times, sometimes you will find, again, unfortunately, you will find that there are people who are fault finders, and they will say that, you know, your sheikh never talks about X in any of his talks. We've heard so many of the tapes of your sheikh or the CDs of your sheikh, and he never mentions this. Almost anybody who says this, there will be some, that person is not someone who reads sheikh's books. Anything that Shaykh is not mentioned in his talks, you will guarantee to find it in your books. In fact, in the preface, in the introduction to some of Shaykh's books, he writes that I'm writing this book because there are many people who are my students. I'm not able to meet all of my students one-on-one. He's written this in the preface of one of his books. I'm not able to meet all of my students one-to-one. There are some of my students who might live far away who are not able to keep my company of my modulus to attend all of my lectures. So I'm writing this book with the intention that whatever essential knowledge I have to impart to them, I'm putting it in book form so that I will be free of responsibility on the day of judgment. So one way the shaykh educates us is also through his writings. And you will find that this is one of the things that is the history of the mashayikh of the sawaf. Their rasail, their, their, their epistles, their treatises, their maktubat, their letters that they wrote to their students have been preserved. Because that is one way that their ilm has been preserved. So if we truly have a love for the Shaykh, and we truly want to follow and view the Shaykh as a teacher, then we must connect ourselves to all of his teachings, be they in verbal form or in written form. So the next mahmul Shaykh writes in this book, is that it's absolutely essential for the Murideen to pray their fars salah in the jama' in the masjid. I actually met people in Lahore who came and would criticize. I've never heard your sheikh say that. And our Sheikh Khair so Sheikh has written it down. And sometimes you will find, sometimes it's a person's temperament, that what they write down it has more importance sometimes than their words. In other words, when they make it a point to write something down, that means they're attaching that matter great importance. So it might be that maybe sometimes when we visit our sheikh there are many talaba, Ulama, students of the madrasa, students who are, have many teachers and ilm. So sometimes Shaykh doesn't emphasize these things. Because Shaykh realizes that they've taken precious time out to learn something different from me. Something special for me which is the Uloom of tasawwuf of Tafskiyah. So Shaykh will talk a lot about zikr, about muraqabah, about tawakkul, about sabr, about shukr, about qanat, etc. But for those of us who might not have Ulama teaching us Those of us who might not be mothers of students or ulama In the writings of the shaykh You will find glimpses of everything else That we need to learn So in the usul number 11 That is essential for a mureed A salik, a seeker on this path To pray all of, his farv, all of his fara'id All of his mandatory salah In the jama' In the congregation number 1 Number 2 in the masjid Number 3 with takbir ullah, Shaykh is written We should be there We should catch the first rakah this is extremely emphasized. so the Shaykh goes on. And he says this. What relationship does this have to the ma'mul? Shaykh writes that that person who does not give honor to the ma'mul of the fara'is, that person who does not do full justice to the daily practice of the salah, how will Allah enable him to do justice to the daily zikr that we are teaching, the muraqabah, the istighfar and the salawat? So if we're not careful about our salah, if we're not careful, regular about our Salah, about the injunction to pray in Jama'ah, which some ulama say is wajib, and Shaykh Mufti Taqir Uthmani, Karachi, he says it's Sunnah Mu'akkadah, whatever its hukim is, it's a very important thing to keep in mind. So Shaykh says a person who does not succeed in improving the quality of his Salah, how will he succeed in improving or adding the quality of his Ma'mulat? Then Shaykh has written an entire book on this topic, in Urdu it is called namaz ki asraru rumuz An entire book to help us fix the quality of our salah That when Shaykh writes a book, that's it He's not going to start giving bayans and lectures on that Over and over again Why? Because it's our duty, our responsibility to read those books So we should never think that salah is not emphasized In our tariqah or our salsalah In this one point and then an entire book which is over 200 pages Shaykh has taught us all of the different ways. And inshallah, uh, one of the things Shaykh Junaid will inshallah do when he visits you in Nigeria is go over that book as well. And go over all the incredible things Shaykh has mentioned in that book. About how to improve our salah. Incredible book. Number 11. That was number 11. Number 12. Number 12 is that we should be regular in adopting tahajjah. Shaykh writes that for a marim, he should view, he should do iltizam, he should view tahajjud as lazim, as mandatory upon himself. Because there is no success in this path without tahajjud. What is the essence, what is the nukta behind this? The real reason behind this is again, ittiba'i sunnah. That what was the sunnah ma'mul when we talk about ma'mulat, But what was the greatest sunnah ma'mul of the Prophet wasallam by which he got the of the closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that was tahajjud. So Shaykh is saying unless you adopt the sunnah Ma'mul of getting close to Allah which is tahajjud these extra ma'mulat aren't going to have their full benefit because we are slaves to the sunnah we are slaves to the sunnah so we must adorn ourselves with the sunnah ma'mul of tahajjud and Shaykh was telling us and I shared it with some of the brothers last night that Shaykh used an incredible example from nature and the example from nature is as follows that if you look at a tree A tree has two major components. One is its trunk and branches that grow upward and that are apparent. And the second are its roots that are hidden that grow down and spread out. So Sheikh said that we learn in science first of all, we should know that every tree is only strong as how strong its roots are. The deeper the roots, the stronger the roots, the more beautiful, the stronger the tree will be. The deeper the roots are in the ground, the higher the tree will grow in the air. And the shaykh said, science teaches us that a tree's roots grow at nighttime. A tree's roots grow in the dark. And a tree's branches and leaves sprout in the day. So the shaykh, just like that, he said that we have to give life to the worship, the ibadat of the night. Because when we give life to the ibadat, the worship of the night, we are strengthening our roots. We are deepening our roots. And if our roots become deepened at night, then Allah SWT will enable our branches and our trunk and our leaves to grow during the day. So then it's essential then, that we should view the sunnah practice of the night prayer is like the roots. And our ma'mulat are like the branches and the leaves that will sprout from the root of that sunnah. So adab or usul number 12, is that we should be re- very regular in our tahajjud. So it's part, of dakhil fi tariqah. It's part of our tariqah that we should view tahajjud as mandatory upon us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us, the one speaking and the one listening, to become regular in their tahajjud salah. Then Shaykh quotes a story that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent some revelation, wahi on Nabi Dawood salam, and told his, prophet, his beloved Prophet Dawood alayhi salam, that that person who claims to be my lover, that person who does da'wah of being my muhib if he spends the entire night sleeping, he's not true in his dawah. He's not true in his claim. Because every lover wants nothing more but to be alone with their beloved. And the night worship, the time of night, praying to Allah at night, then the dua after tahajjud, the istighfar after bil ashari hum يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ That in the time of suhoor, they turn to forgiveness in Allah This is all the attributes of the lovers. So this is something special in Ramadan, we should make this du'a. Why? Because in the barakah of Ramadan, and the barakah of our stomach, all of us are awake at the time of tahajjud So that we can eat the suhoor, we can eat the meal. And many times it happens that the second Ramadan ends, some people the very day, Eid day, they miss their tahajjud So we should spend the next 2-3 days at Ya Allah, it is your mercy, your rahmah, that you enable us to pray tahajjud all 30 days. Inshallah, in the month of Ramadan, Allah wa ta'ala let us continue in this practice. Allah wa ta'ala these beautiful moments that You allowed us to witness, that You allowed us to be awake and present ourselves in Your court at that beautiful time of suhoor, Allah wa ta'ala accept us to be present even after Ramadan. We want to be witness these wonderful, magical moments even after this month of Ramadan. Really, that's our feeling that as these days of Ramadan come to an end, we should be worried now. What are we going to lose? What's going to happen when the month of Ramadan ends? What are the things that we're doing now that we're going to stop doing? Right now we should start putting applications in front of Allah. Allah Subhanahu continue me on this tahajjud, continue me on my night worship, continue me on my du'a, continue me on my istighfar, continue me on my dhikr. Allah, this is the major du'a we should be making now, is istiqamat in kubuliyat, that Allah grant us the ability to persist in our acts of worship, and that He accepts our acts of worship from us. Usul number 13. And Shaykh will inshallah, be giving a talk on this either tomorrow or day after in the morning. And that is that a salik should do hifazatul uh, al-nazr. That a salik should guard their gaze, should guard their eyes. That's essential. And I remember sometimes Shaykh would say that a person through casting a gaze, looking at something that we shouldn't look at, it can destroy months of our ma'mulat. Allahu Akbar. Such a lethal sickness And really, you know, sometimes we might experience this We might experience this That we fall into this temptation And we look at something we weren't supposed to look at And that gaze, it's like a vacuum It's sucking the new out of our heart It just sucks it out And you will find that a person When he falls into this, becomes so sad afterwards Because we see it Alhamdulillah, the barakah of being in the salsalah Is that we we are This is the thing we should pray to Allah Not for some type of kashr that I can see colors, that I can see behind this wall. The real kashf is, Ya Allah, let me see my sins. Let me see the effect the sins that happen. Next time I misdirect my gaze, Allah Ta'ala opened up the reality and Let me see how much nur I lose. Let me see how much damage is done. That is the true kashf. But Allah, I want to see the damage I am harming myself. If we were able to see the damage that we do to ourselves, we would be amazed. Just imagine, can you think a person takes a knife and stabs himself? It's crazy. A person would say that that person is crazy. That's what we do when we misdirect our gaze. We stab our spiritual heart. We stab our qalb. We suck out any noor we were able to put in it. We empty it. We toss everything out of it. It's such a lethal, deadly thing. May Allah taala get all of us, the speaker and the one listening, the tawfiq to stay away from this. It's a deadly disease. It's a deadly disease a couple of nights ago Shaykh was explaining one way to cure that disease which I will share with you in case Shaykh might not mention it because it's in Ladies Beyond for the men Shaykh mentioned there's something in Arabic called Tama Tama means to covet something in fancy English we call this covetousness to have a greedy desire for something it's like desire plus greed it's shahwat plus hirs equals tama. It's like an equation. Tama is something scary. It's scary. We should view it like a scorpion, a snake inside of us. That's where we should view it. So tama means to have this greedy desire for another woman. And Shaykh said that the real thing is that we have to fight that desire in our heart. If we can fight that desire in our heart, then it will be easy to control our gaze. And if we let ourselves have that desire, then we will see anything that we want. In other words, normally what we do, we misunderstand Hifazat Nazar We think Hifazat the Nazar means that if I see something I should look down We think it's reactive No Hifazat Nazar is not reactive, it's proactive It means beforehand We should do Hifazat al Kalb So that we can do Hifazat Nazar We should save our heart from that greedy desire Only then our eye will be saved Right, hafazit nazar does not mean that you can wander and look at everything and when you look at something bad then you look down. That there was a joke, <laughs> there's a joke that there were three talaba, three students of knowledge. And they were looking, they were sitting on a bench and they were looking at everything. And then some beautiful women came by, all three of them looked down. The first one looked down and said astaghfirullah. The second one, looked down and said, Masha'Allah. And the third one looked down and said, Inshallah. So no, lowering the gaze does not mean that, that's deadly. You see, me and you are at this level, that that first gaze is enough to kill us, it's finished. We can look down, we're not saved, it's over, we took an instant picture. When we look down, that picture is right here. It's finished, it's over for us. So we have to work one step backward because we are more sick. We can't look around and lower our gaze if we see something bad. We have to keep our gaze lowered. In Farsi our Masha'i called this nazar bar kadam. Always be looking down, And lowering the gaze is a way of life. Our Shaykh has written a whole book on this also. Allah Akbar. A whole book in Urdu is called haya Pak It means modesty and shyness, how to leave a pure and chaste life. In that, Shaykh says that lowering the gaze means that we should always be looking down. Let me give you some examples he gives from the book that all of us experience. He says when you're at a traffic light, and the light is red, some of us we just look around, sometimes he says no. If you make it a habit of looking around every time the traffic light is red, well one day you will look and there will be a pretty woman in the car next to you. So keep your gaze lowered at all times. Sheikh gave example of a plane. As soon as we sit in the plane and we're just looking around different passengers, stewardesses. No. You will definitely see something that's pretty. Then you will look down, it's too late. It's too late, finished. For people like you and me, it's finished. So Sheikh says, look down. He says, take a book with you. Take something to keep you busy. You look down, walk into your seat, you look up, 10 hour flight, 20 hour flight, you should not even know who the other passengers are. The woman comes, asks you what to drink, you shouldn't even look at her, you just listen to her, I want a juice, that's it. You should. I mean, look, this is our mashaikh. This is the way they travel on the plane. That they can say after the plane journey, they don't even know what the stewardess look like. And mashallah, we go on the plane journey, we know the face of every stewardess within a couple of hours. Even if you look down afterwards, it's too late, it's too late. This is what Shaykh teaches us. That we should launch what we call the preemptive strike. We should attack first. So the essence of that is that lowering the gaze is a way of life. It's not a reaction. Nazar bar qadam It's a way of life It's a philosophy of life That we should keep our gaze lowered From the beauty of their faces From the beauty of their voices From the design of their clothes From the color of their shoes Even Shaykh That a salik should do so much Lowering of the gaze That a salik should not even look At the shoes of a, a, non, a, a, a strange woman A non-relative woman A ghair mahram Allah Akbar But if you think about that if you think about that, how successful would we be? Imagine if we were such people who we didn't even notice their shoes. Then we would be safe, right? We would be totally safe. But if we want to be people who look around, take in all the sights and then look down, we're never safe, we're never safe. And the shaykh explained that the young man today has an incredible imaginary power. Allahu Akbar. It's really, it's you know, it's because of our jahiliyyah. It's because of all the sins that we used to do all the TV we used to watch, all the movies we used to see. We have such an imaginary power now. May Allah Ta'ala... I mean, we beg Allah Ta'ala to remove all of that from our mind. But we still have those scenes. We still have those scenes stuck inside of us. I remember once, when I studied in Pakistan, I never went back to America in the middle of my studies. After about four or five years, when I went back to America to visit my parents, I was standing somewhere in some shop or some gas station and in America, there's music everywhere. It's a strange place, everywhere. In the elevator, in the lift, there's music. In the gas station, you go out, you pump your gas, right above you, there's a speaker. Right above you, playing music. You go into any type of store, there's music. So I was standing somewhere, I don't remember when, and it wasn't my niyat at all. I had no intention to listen to music. I think it was the gas station, Harlem, And I was doing something, And all of a sudden that music, three words came into my ear. Those three words came in and I filled in the rest of the ten words. I remember. And I couldn't believe it. I said, Ya Allah, it's been so many years. I was so sad that night. I said, Ya Allah, through your mercy, it's been years and years I've never listened to music. Allah, I was out of this country for five years. I just came back. You made me listen to three words and I remembered the whole song. Ajeeb. Ajib, the effects of our past. May Allah Ta'ala enable us to leave the effects of our past. The reality is, we know songs the way our pious young students know Qur'an. We know songs the way they know Fatiha. Somebody says, Alhamdulillah, a person can finish Fatiha. We can't get it out, so we have to be more careful. People like me at least, we have to be more careful. Can't just look and then lower the gaze. We have to be way more careful. Because we have this imagination power. If you cast that first look and you put that picture here, then your imagination is enough. You can think everything and anything and everything about that picture you saw. So because of the imagination power that we have, we have to be very, very careful. In fact, Shaykh wrote in this book, now I'm reading it here, that one lamha, one moment, one fraction of a second can destroy years. Before I said months, you destroy years of effort, Allahu Akbar. Allahu akbar right? kameena So we have to be This for the young men Really this is our greatest challenge This is the greatest challenge That the young men face And the young men know it also I remember there was a Spanish person Puerto Rican in New York And we were trying to do dawah on him And then he said to me openly I can pray I can leave interest I can do everything But leave my girlfriend? He said no That's too difficult for me It's very difficult for us. Now, for us, we have girlfriends in our mind. (laughs) That's what the salik does. He has many girlfriends in his mind. Imaginary girlfriends. See some girl, some sister even of our friends. Allahu Akbar. Look at how sick we are. Sick, corrupt people. Sometimes we even imagine, some person can imagine about the sister of his friend. Sometimes a person imagines al-amānu al-hafīz about the wife of his friend. Or the sister of his wife. This is so sick, we have to be honest about how sick we are. We are extremely sick people. Extremely sick. And when we realize that, we acknowledge that, and we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, Ya Allah, only you have mercy on me. Ya Allah, just like you have given me your perfect sata. You've totally concealed, perfect hundred percent, you've concealed my sin from others. Ya Allah, give me your perfect iskiyah. Just like you are my perfect Sattar Ya Allah be my perfect muzaki. Give me your perfect Rahmah if Allah if you can conceal this perfectly Allah you can also remove it completely You have to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Deep deep dua This number 13 for the young men of today is number 1 Priority number 1 Danger number 1 if we save ourselves from this danger, insha'Allah, insha'Allah, Allah will make it easy for us to stay away from the other sins that we have. Number fourteen, Sheikh writes that so that person who is unmarried should fast. That person who is unmarried should adopt different sunnah or nawafil fasts, such as fasting uh, the white days (ayam abiyas) the 13th, 14th, 15th of the lunar month, or fast Mondays and Thursdays. Or there are many other fasts in our deen, right? In Muharram, uh, in Zul-Hijjah, in Shaban, etc. You know, really, you can tell how sick a person is when the medicine doesn't work. There are young men who say that, I fast. They'll come and they say, I'm fasting. And it's not, I'm still having so many desires. So when a person is that sick, that the medicine doesn't work, That means the person needs something even more, even stronger. Let me tell you from my own experience with some young men, there are some reasons that their fast doesn't work. They're very practical reasons. Reason number one, is that they kill the benefit of the fast by eating a lot when the fast ends. So there were some young men in the university where we teach, and they try, they fast from Fajr to Maghrib. At Maghrib they go out into the restaurant in the bazaar and they eat a lot of food. Finished you spent so much time from Fajr to Maghrib trying to benefit from the fast when you ate that food from outside and you ate so much of it at Maghrib then you killed the effect of your fast so much that young men complain that the day that we fast that night we commit sin of the eye the reason for that is that they fast during the day at Maghrib they eat so much, Sheikh has explained this that our nafs is very powerful when our stomach is full Many of our mashayik, Imam Al-Ghazali, in Qasr al-Shahwatain, in the book of Breaking the Two Desires of Ihya'ul-Muddin, what are the two shahwas? And they have a nisbat with each other. One is that lustful desire for woman, and the other shahwa is hunger. Is hunger. And he's written so much on how, and it's available in English, he's written so much about how we have to break the desire of hunger. So what happens is, is that when our stomach is full, our nafs is at full strength. So sometimes young men make this mistake that after their fast ends, after Maghrib, they make their stomach full. When their stomach is full, then at night they commit some sin through their eyes. So it means then the way we should make sure we maximize the benefit of our fasting is to keep a little bit of that hunger. That is the sunnah also. Rasulullah SAW said that you should stop eating when you still feel a little bit hungry. So fast and then when Maghrib comes, keep a bit hungry. Keep that hunger with you. Keep that nuts change, right through the leash of hunger so the first mistake that some young men make is that they eat too much after they break their fast the second mistake many of the university students make is they eat outside food it's a problem for them if they're living away from their homes I tell them that even from the outside food there are things that are more harmful than others I tell them you should eat in the university cafeteria It's less harmful for you than the restaurants outside. May Allah give us the ability to control our gaze. Number 15, Allah says that those people who are married should make sure that they fulfill the responsibilities of their spouse. Those salikin who are married should make sure they fulfill the responsibilities of their spouse. This is essential. All of these things are essential to getting the barakah of the ma'mullah. Because if we're not good to our ahl, if we're not good to our spouse, if we're not good to our children, then Allah SWT might take away the barakah of our daily zikr and our iskar. And Shaykh says that there are many people. Who work on their ibadat, they work on their zikr, but they neglect their responsibilities with their spouse. That person who fails to do haquq ibad who fails to preserve the hukukul ibad it will be a stopping point. It will block their progress and their saluk. And again, mashallah, Shaykh has written the whole book on this topic. Allahu Akbar Kameena. Shaykh has written the whole book. You know, sometimes... People ask me, because by the grace of Allah, I've had some opportunity to travel with Shaykh or spend time with Shaykh. Where does Shaykh get the time to write these books? Because apparently, it doesn't seem that Shaykh would have any time to write any books. When Shaykh used to be in America or different places, Shaykh would go to sleep maybe at one and Shaykh would wake up at two. I'm not exaggerating at all. I'm sitting in the masjid in a state of wudu. It sounds like a miracle, it is a miracle it is karamat awliya, it is a miracle of the awliya the the kilite, the, 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 little, the little amount of sleep that they get by on it's amazing i've ainon yakin i've seen it with my own eyes and shaykh would get up ask us to open his bag take out the notebook and start writing 2 o'clock 3 o'clock 4 o'clock 2 hours of writing then shaykh would pray his tahajjud make his dua and then we would pray fajr salah so imagine two hours of riding Everywhere, anywhere We would move from one house to another Every night a different bed, a different pillow, a different lab A different mattress For us it's difficult to sleep in places like that And Shaykh, mashallah, just one hour It seemed that, sometimes it would seem to me That even that one hour, Shaykh was just doing for our sake Just so we would get a little bit of sleep Otherwise when you looked at Shaykh's festivities He could have gone all night He didn't seem to need so sometimes we would think he was doing for our sake, and one shaykh also mentioned that it is sunnah to sleep in the night. So in ittiba is sunnah, Shaykh would sleep a portion of the night. Right? So if you think like this now, that Shaykh spent the early hours of the night writing this book for us, how ungrateful we are that we don't read the books of our Shaykh. Shaykh made so much sacrifice to write these books for us. So Alhamdulillah, Shaykh has written a whole book on this issue. Uh, Again, over 200 pages on how that we should fulfill the responsibilities of our spouses. Number 16 is that we should not hurt the heart of another person. We should not break anybody's heart. We should not wound anybody's heart. We should not say anything or do anything or even have any expression on our face that might hurt the heart of another person. This is also there this is also harmful in our progress in Suluk. Why is that? One way we can think that the reason for that is that what, why are we doing these ma'mulat anyway? Shaykh says, Dile <laughs> masrur That take my hurt heart Take my saddened heart and make it happy. So can we make that du'a to Allah? And Ya Allah, take my heart that is broken and make it happy while we go and break the hearts of other people? It's not possible. It's not possible. So if we want Allah ta'ala to mend our broken heart, if we want Allah to put happiness in our sad heart, it's not possible then we can make the hearts of other people sad. This is the rub these our Mashaikh, they understand, achieve strange things. They take out a connection between our actions, between Hukukul ibal and our relationship with Allah. So we should not break the heart of any person. In fact, Shaykh wrote in the book that the greatest crime, Shaykh wrote, the greatest crime after shirk is to break the heart of another person. Number 17, is that we should view everything... We should view that everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is from Allah. And we should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every how. In other words, what does this mean? Shaykh says that we should view that every single nafa, every benefit comes from Allah. In other words, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not wish to benefit us, then the entire universe can get together and try to benefit us, they will be unable to do so. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does wishes to benefit us then the entire universe can get together and try to stop it, they won't be able to stop it so everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this has to be our belief when we're doing our ma'mulat then in here Shaykh mentioned that one of the diseases that people have that sometimes spoil our ma'mulat is that we get worried something bad happens to us, some difficulty happens to us so, and I don't know how much this is a problem in Nigeria, certainly in Pakistan this is a problem. The people then go to certain types of people who are called amils. In other words, they have a worry and they go and they present their worry to someone that they ask for something to recite, they ask for some type of amulet, they ask for some type of amul, they ask for some type of spell. They say somebody who does magic on me, you do counter magic on them. Jadu, tor, torka tor, torka torka, this battle. Right, some black magic battle, like some, you know. So, Shaykh says no. Many times Shaykh has said this. Shaykh said that our grand Shaykh, Shaykh Ghulam Habib oh Allah, mm-hmm. used to say that don't try to become an amil, try to become a kamil. Don't try to become a practitioner of magic, a practitioner of the black arts, a capturer of jinn. Right, you should try to become kamil. You should try to become a perfect mu'min. In the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When we become perfect mu'mineen Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself puts us in his hafaza When we are in his hafaza Then Allah is the greatest amin Allah is the greatest protector Allah is the greatest practitioner Allah is the greatest warder from all evil So shaykh says here That we shouldn't turn to anything The example shaykh gives of this sometimes Is that imagine that your wife You're living at home And you have a wife and one day you're sitting at home and all of a sudden you look in the next room and your wife isn't there and you start looking in the house for her and you see that the front door is open you walk out of the front door, you're standing in your porch, you're looking for your wife and all of a sudden she comes out of the neighbor's house and you ask her, where did you go? and you said, oh I needed something so I went to the neighbors to get it and the husband will say, I was here I'm at home I provide for all of your needs with my presence, you went, you left this house, you left my home. You exited on your own, you went to somebody else while I was here. Just like that, Allah subhanahu ta'ala says that I am your Rub. I am your Lord. I have put you in the Daira of Iman, I have put you in the home of the Iman. And you wish to exit this and go to some amil and ask him to save you from misfortune? So no. We should turn to Allah wa ta'ala for each and everything. We should have a firm belief that Allah wa ta'ala determines and decrees everything that happens. Number 18, Now well here Shaykh says there is one thing that we can recite if we wish, anytime we have any worry or difficulty, or in general we can recite this before we go to sleep, and that is to recite Durut Sharif, Surah Fatiha, Ayatul Kursi, the four Quls, the last four surahs of the Quran, and then Durut Sharif again. And we can recite this, and this itself, and Amal Shaykh says from himself, he is giving every. Read this Amal, and this Amal, inshallah, from the Shaykh, will be kafi, will be shafi, will be sufficient, will be a cure. So we can recite this then if we ever feel any need uh, to save ourselves from bad thoughts or bad dreams or something like that. Number 18. Oh, okay, I'll just repeat it It is Darut Sharif Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa alayhi sayyidina Muhammad sallam Number 2, Surah Fatiha Number 3, Ayatul Kursi Number 4, the last 4 surahs of the Quran Al-Kafriun, Al-Ahad, Al-Falaq, Al-Nas They called the 4 Quls And again at the end, Darut Sharif And then you can blow on your chest Right? Uh, as a means of protection Number 18 Is Shaykh says that we must adopt taqwa and shaykh says that Wilaya is based on iman and taqwa And both of these things iman and taqwa are found in the heart So because again Using our ma'mulat We're trying to beautify our heart Well our heart's not going to be able to be beautified Unless it is filled with iman And unless we adorn it with taqwa I gave you the example Of the itar Yes or no? Taqwa I didn't give you. Imagine a person who has a bottle of itar. So itar is like the ma'mulat. And then imagine a person who does sins. So if a person who does not do sins, is because he doesn't have taqwa. So imagine the sins like garbage. Now if a person is standing in the middle of a garbage dump, if he's surrounded by his sins, then even if he puts the whole bottle of itar on himself, he will not be fragrant. If he's standing in the middle of the garbage dump, even if he puts a whole bottle of itr on himself, he will not be able to have a good smell. But if he has taqwa, if he takes himself out of his life of sin, out from the garbage dump, then he doesn't need a whole bottle, he just needs a few drops of itr, and he will become fragrant. Just like that Sheikh is saying that these ma'mulat are like itr. And unless we have taqwa, unless we stay away from sins, these ma'mulat will not be able to make us fragrant. Because we'll be standing in the garbage dump. But if we have taqwa, we take ourselves out of the garbage of our sins, then these few daily ma'mulat will be enough to make us fragrant, will be enough to adorn us with the fragrance of the wilayah, inshaAllah. Number 19, though there are only 21, inshaAllah I'll finish today. Number 19 of 21, is that along with doing these zikr along with doing the ma'mulat shaykh says that we also have to do some mujahadat. and the mujahadat have historically or classically have been mentioned as four things killat ta'am, man'am, kalam, or ma'al an'am we explain this, number one killat ta'am means we should eat less killat man'am means we should sleep less Killatekallah means we should speak less, and ikhtilat mal anam means we should interact with people less. So number one, killate ta'am eat less. There was a time, especially in other sultans, where they would teach a lot of hunger, very difficult, twenty-four hours and just water. They call this in Kuroza fasting with just water. In other words, you don't eat anything during the day, and at maghrib you just drink water. And then at Suhoor you drink water, and then you fast again, and then Maghrib you drink water, and then Suhoor you drink water. I will tell you, Shaykh once told us, that just to follow the footsteps of our Salaf Salihin, Shaykh used to do this fast. And Shaykh said that this fast is especially beneficial when a person is on Latifa ruh, when a person is on the second Sabak. When a person is on the second sabag, latifah, ru, this fast is very beneficial. So when Shaykh heard that, he used to adopt this fast of only drinking water. Fasting from Fajr to Maghrib, and then from Maghrib to Fajr only drinking water. So much so, then Shaykh's stomach became so tight, that he had to take a piece of cloth and wrap it around his stomach. Then there came a time when Shaykh also had tawfiq to do amal on the sunnah of putting a stone in that piece of cloth, because what happens is that there becomes a cavity an emptiness here in the stomach and so they fill that cavity So Shaykh did Amal on this Sunnah So here eating less is beneficial to doing our zikr You will find, and we we are living this reality in the month of Ramadan You just see the state of your zikr at the time of Asr before Maghrib and you can try your state of zikr right after you eat after Maghrib you just try, you can try tonight if you want So the state of our dhikr is better, heightened state of awareness when our stomachs are empty So that means if we want to be saliqeen, we want Allah inshallah to make us amongst the zhakireen, the zhakireen Allah kathira Then we should keep hunger as a friend, hunger is our friend Your friend is something that helps you get what you want so our hunger, we should befriend hunger because hunger will able, able, make us able to get the benefits of dhikr. However, Shaykh says that in our silsa we don't do that level of mujahidah that was done in the past because in these days people have become too weak. And then what happens is that sometimes a person can become so weak, so much fatigue that they're too tired to do ibadah. They can't do ibadah, they're so weak. So Shaykh says no, what we should do is again ittibai sunnah. That we should eat one third. We should chew a lot when we eat. This is all a separate topic inshaAllah we should chew a lot when you eat, that way you will eat less. You should stop eating when you feel slightly hungry. There are many things about eating, maybe one day inshallah we will discuss this. The second thing, one uh, other thing Shaykh says is that you should stay away from constant snacking. At least for us gilat et arm should mean that we eat two, three times a day, not like us. That we eat breakfast, then we have our morning tea, then we have lunch, then we have afternoon snack, then we have dinner, Then we have chips, we have soda, we have cookies. 24 hours things are coming in. No. Shaykh said one way at least in our silsah we can do is we should have our regular meals, but we should reduce our snacking. We should reduce our snacking. Number two, we should sleep less. Again Shaykh said that in our silsah we don't take this to an extreme. Better what we do is we try to pick the time that we sleep so that the quality of our sleep is better. And Shaykh has said that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran that Allah has made the lail, the night, a means of uh, rest and relaxation for us. So we should try to go to sleep shortly after Isha. If we sleep shortly after Isha, even for four hours, the quality of that sleep is very high. And we will get more refreshment from that. As opposed to if we stay up all night and we go to sleep after Fajr till Zuhr. That's seven hours. And even then it won't be as good quality as the sleep we spent at night. Now these days, I mean, these are special nights, we should spend them in worship, but generally speaking, after this itikaf, after the month of Ramadan, when we're back in our normal lifestyle, we should try to sleep early. The earlier we sleep, the easier it will be able for us to get up early. Early to bed, early to rise. Number three, الاتقالان. Now then Shaykh says in the book that, okay, we won't emphasize on eating less, and we won't emphasize on sleeping less. But the other two we will emphasize. Kilat kalam, kilat te mal anam It's the same thing basically that we should speak less and interact with people less. Shaykh said that we can do, there's no weakness that comes from that. If you eat a little you will get weak, if you sleep a little you will get weak, if you speak a little you don't get weak. If you interact with people a little you don't get weak. So Shaykh says we should stress on this. It doesn't mean that we, it's not dark we don't leave people altogether, we just reduce the amount and what we reduce is, we reduce the wasteful things, the excessive things the futile conversations that we have with people, that's what should be reduced doesn't mean we should still keep the family bonds, the friendship bonds the gatherings of nasiha, the gatherings of advice but the wasteful time that we spend with people we should remove that and we should spend that time in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number 20 of 21 number 20 Number 20 is a bit detailed. Number 20 is that when a person does zikr, when a person does these ma'mulat, sometimes they will experience a kafiyat called qabs and sometimes they will experience a kafiyat called bust. Sheikh talked about this last night. Qabs means constriction and he gave four reasons why that qabs occurs. So we will skip that and we will go into the four solutions. Qabs means that sometimes you will feel nothing in your muraqabah. This will happen and this continues to happen. This continues to happen <laughs> Sometimes there will be some days That you sit in a And you feel nothing Zero You feel nothing That is called qab That is min jana Remember earlier Everything comes from Allah Every hal is from Allah Every kafiyat is from Allah Every lack of hal That itself is a hal Admi hal is also a hal Lack of feeling is also a type of feeling That is also from Allah So you feel a lack of desire You will no longer desire to do muraqaba You will have no interest in doing muraqabah. You will skip your Muraqaba. You will shorten your muraqabah or you will skip your muraqabah. Right? There's four solutions Shaykh has mentioned to this. Number one, what should be our response? Number one, kashat-i istighfar. That we should increase our forgiveness. Asking Allah's forgiveness. We should think that there's something we must have done. And there's no shortage of things my friend. If Allah wanted to do haq with us, we should never feel anything in any Muraqaba. We have so many sins. The haq of Allah ta'ala should be that every day should be zero. Even then we should sit. Fatkuruni is mutlaq command, not fatkuruni if you feel some kafiyat, or fatkuruni is, is mashroot upon feeling some ha. It would have been absolutely hundred percent the haq of Allah that He commanded us to make zikr every day for hours, and every day for hours we feel nothing. That would have been the haq of Allah because we are his Ibad, your servants and slaves. This is Allah's rahmah, His mercy, that sometimes He lets us feel something. Just to keep us going. Just to keep us happy. Like children. Like we give sweets to children just to keep them happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us these kafiyas to keep us happy. So there's no shortage of sins that we have done that are enough to nullify any kifiyat that we have so if ever we feel that we're not feeling anything in our muraqabah, we should do kasat and istighfar we should seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly and Ya Allah, I ask your forgiveness for the sins that I committed Ya Allah, I ask your forgiveness for my weakness that I only can do muraqabah when I feel something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I make istighfar that I enjoyed those kifiyat even I'm ashamed of that, I'm ashamed of that enjoyment I'm ashamed that I'm that type of person, that I need sweets to do zikr. Make far from that also. And then Allah subhanahu inshaAllah will restore. The shaykh even says that we should make dua Allah that, Ya Allah, we are your weak and sinning servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whichever hall you choose to keep us in, we are happy. But Allah, we cannot take the imtihan of cubs We cannot take the test of this constriction. So Allah, we ask you in your karam, in your generosity, in your fazl, in your grace, to give us basit to expand our hearts again for the zikr. So like this we make istighfar Number two, sohbat al-shaykh And this is another topic really in this This is tawajjur al-shaykh But sometimes really it is, it is our sins It's not just a test from Allah Sometimes we really did some sin And alhamdulillah this is the mercy of Allah You can get this tawajjur on the phone And you can even get this tawajjur on email And you can get this tawajjur by letter Because when you write shaykh a letter Or an email and you let shaykh know your condition Sheikh says that I give a qalbi jawab, my heart will answer your letter. I might not give a kalami jawab, I might not be able to respond to you with the pen, but I will immediately respond, in the means that Shaykh sends his dua, and his tawajjuhat, tawajjuhat means his spiritual attention, his spiritual gaze. So sometimes we need the help of the Shaykh. Sometimes in a car, when the battery is so dead, when the battery is so cold, that you need to get another car, whose battery is fresh, you need to link the two cables and you get jump-started. That is tawajjuh. Basically you can just understand tawajjuh like that. The tawajjuh is sometimes that we be, our heart becomes so dead that we need to be jump-started by a strong heart, by the master battery, by the generator, by the source of electricity, which is our shaykh. So the second thing sometimes is we need tawajjuh of shaykh. Even if you're far away, you should make this dua. I'll tell you one my own personal secret, I used to make this du'a Allah. You should make this du'a na Ya Allah, wherever my Shaykh is, let my Shaykh remember me. Let my Shaykh think of me. Ya Allah, wherever my Shaykh is, my letter might reach him in months. Let my Shaykh somehow know right now my sins. Open up my sins to my shaykh. You can hide from my sin how much shaykh how much I do mrakabah. But you must, Ya Allah, we beg you to show our Shaykh our sins. You should make this du'a. Say, ya Allah, let my shaykh know my hikat. Let my shaykh know my reality. And let my shaykh have mercy on me and maybe make some du'a for me. Maybe send some uh, spiritual attention my way. So even if you're not able to contact shaykh, if you make du'a, because really it's Allah subhanahu who controls the system. If you make du'a to Allah, Allah can make the shaykh turn his heart towards you. Sometimes shaykh would be sitting with us. I remember once here in Cape Town, I was sitting with shaykh and all of a sudden shaykh started talking to me about someone in New York. Out of the blue And then afterwards Shaykh said that That person is he is Attracting my tawajjah Shaykh is sitting in Cape Town That person was in New York Attracting Shaykh's tawajjah May Allah Ta'ala make us People like that mm-hmm. Allah akbar it's even We feel ashamed asking it Especially on speaker <laughs> May Allah Ta'ala make us People who attract the tawajjahat Of our Shaykh Only out of Allah Ta'ala's mercy The mercy of our Messiah So the second thing then that is the solution for this comes is the sobat of the shaykh, the gaze of the shaykh, the dua of the shaykh, the tawajjah of the shaykh. The third response we should have is that we should present ourselves like true ibad, like true servants and we should keep doing the ma'lulah. Even though you don't want to do it, we don't want to do it, we don't feel like doing it, we don't desire to do it. We should pick ourselves up, force ourselves, we should chain ourselves to the masallah. Just view that I'm chained to the masallah for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes. And if we show that ubudir to Allah, if we show that servanthood to Allah, maybe Allah will be pleased with us once again. So sometimes Allah just wants us to be pure, humble, amject slaves and servants. Number four is that we should keep the spirit of our hearts alive. We shouldn't get depressed or sad. In this state of Qabr, we should maintain our umid. لَا تَقْنَطُوا مَنْ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ That you should not despair of the mercy of Allah. Even in this type of state, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful of the merciful ones. That same Rahman and Rahim, who made us feel something in the first place, that same Rahman and Rahim will restore that feeling to us. And very quickly, in the state of bust, if a person is feeling things, then a Salik should do shukr in this state, and should try to increase the amount of zikr and that he does And most importantly, a salak should safeguard himself from ujub. One is kibr, one is taqabar, and the third is ujub. These are akhfa, these are deeply embedded illnesses of our ruh, of our soul Kibr means that you view yourself better than someone else Takabur means that you do something, you act on that kibar. You cut somebody in line, you think that you should go first, you think that you are better, therefore you should get this, so you mistreat someone. You speak to someone or you do some action on the basis of that kibar, an outward manifestation of kibar. And ujub in some ways, right, On one level it seems that ujub is the lowest. But really, ujub is the highest, it's the last thing. Shaykh once said that the last sin, the last disease to leave our heart is Ujjub. The final battle is our battle with our Ujjub. The final battle. Ujub means that, we, it's in English you would call it conceit, vanity, self-praise. That nothing to do with other people, but we enjoy our own qualities. That, oh, I'm such a good speaker. Oh I'm such a good translator. Oh I'm such a good qari Oh I'm such a good anything. And we do we forget the basic the first Sabak of the Quran, Alhamdulillahi rabbil Anameen. That all praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zero praises for us, zero. If there's anything inside of us it's just because Allah gave it to us. So then we forget that. When we lose that lesson, that even if I have something good in me. It's only because Allah gave it to me. That goodness isn't really mine. It's actually a goodness from Allah that He's adorned me with. So Ujjah means that we forget that we get caught up in our own excellences. We have a mirror and we're looking. We're looking at our skills. We're looking at our language. We look at our anything. Even in Muraqaba we can have ujjah. But look at me. I sat for one hour in Muraqaba. Look at me. Shaykh gave me the next lesson. Look at me. Uh, I felt this in my muraqamah. Ujab. That's very dangerous. So we should make this dua to Allah, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just blind me to my good qualities, make me see my faults. In Farsi, Imam al-Rubbani called this didi kusur. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I want the mirror, keep the mirror. But don't show me the good things in the mirror. Show me all the bad things in the mirror. And really if we had that mirror in front of us of our sins, we wouldn't even be able to see the good things. The good things would be hidden. They would be totally sidelined. They would be—you wouldn't be able to see them. Just like if you go to here. So we should be very careful of ujub, and that is the imtihan. In other words, bust is also an imtihan. Bust is also an imtihan and in some ways bust is a bigger imtihan because it is the imtihan of ujub, And ujub is the most difficult test to pass. The final examination, the last stage of tazkiyah is that we purify ourselves of ujub. So bust in that sense, maybe then those of us who are too weak to pass that test, we should be scared of bust because it carries with it this extremely difficult exam of vanity, of praise, of self-praise and conceit The 21st and last thing that Shaykh has mentioned in that book Is that The way we should determine our progress in the soul for Is that we should look at our istikamat on the sunnah and sharia That is real progress That is real progress That is our goal If Allah SWT increases us in our love for the sunnah and sharia If Allah ta'ala increases us in our amal on the sunnah and sharia you see there is one thing is ilm, knowledge. Number two is amal, practice. Number three is ikhlas, sincerity. There are two more things after that. It's not just ilm, amal and ikhlas. Number four is istikamat. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istiqamat on our ilm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istiqamat on our amal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istiqamat on our ikhlas. And then there's number five, which is kubuliyat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our ilm and kubool our istikamat. Qabool Amal and Qabool are Istikamat. Allah Ta'ala, Qabool our Ikhlas and Qabool istiqamat. So the end then of the 21 things is an Istikamat and Qabooliyat number 4 and number 5. May Allah wa Ta'ala give all of us the ability to practice these ma'amulat, to adopt these ma'mulat to make them an inseparable part of our lives. And may, he, may Allah give us the ability to practice these usul so that we maximize the blessings and the benefits of the ma'mulat, and that we save ourselves from destroying with our own hands those very same benefits and blessings. May Allah give all of us the darjah of and the darjah of kubuliyat, and may Allah give all of us His rada, His pleasure and contentment. Wa دَعْوَانًا da'wana لِللَّهِ rabbil لِلْآمِينَ We should sit for marakubha a few moments. Close our eyes and bow our heads. Forget each and everything in this world and focus exclusively on the remembrance of Allah. Make niyat fadkuruni azkurukum. That ya Allah, you commanded me fadkuruni. Ya Allah, I am remembering you here in the depth of my heart. Ya Allah, I ask you, I beg you to do azkurukum. I ask you to remember me kama as befits your rank and majesty. And remembering by sending your nur and your rahma into my heart. Purify my heart of its sins. Do tasfiya and taskiya of my kalb and my nafs. And in and just imagine that allah that your your heart is remembering allah allah inna inna muhammadur rasulullah Subhanallah wa alham allahumma salli ala sirna muhammad wa ala ali sirna muhammad wa barik wasallin dambana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin rabbana ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah our kind and generous Lord Ya Allah you did our tarbiyah, Ya Allah you fulfilled the haq Of your Rububiyah. Ya Allah you brought us to sheikh. Ya Allah you gave us the gift of iman and islam Ya Allah then you did the haq Of your Ya Allah you gave us the guide of ihsan Ya Rabbi kareem Ya Allah Zalamna anfusana Ya Allah we have wronged ourselves Ya Allah we have oppressed ourselves Ya Allah we have not done qadr of you We have not done qadr of our iman We have not done qadr of our Islam, we have not done qadr of our sheikh, we have not done qadr of our Zikr, we have not done qadr of our Ma'mulat, Ya Rabbi Kareem, We are the foremost of hypocrites Ya Allah, we say things that we don't even follow Ya Allah, you preach the things that we don't even practice, Ya Rabbi Karim How many years will go by when we listen to things, when we say things when we read things Ya Allah, when will that day come that we also become people who do ma'mulat? Ya Rabbi Karim, Ya Allah, make us amongst the Allah min al-nabi. Well, Ya Allah, make us amongst the people who make dhikr of you. Ya Allah, make us people of wukufi kalbi. Ya Allah, make us people of Muraqaba. Ya Allah, make us people of, of, of people who recite istighfar. Make us people who recite durood and salawat. Make us people who read your Quran al-Kareem. Ya Allah, make us people who have a true love for your awliya Allahuma inna nas'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuk Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to increase us in our love for you and our love for those who love you Ya Allah, we ask you to make us your beloved and the beloved of those who love you and the beloved of those who are beloved to you Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, please forgive us for all of our sins Ya Allah, forgive us for the neglect that we had in our dhikr Ya Allah, forget us for, forgive us for not doing our dhikr forgive us for when we did our dhikr we were still absent-minded Ya Allah, forgive us for the ghaflat of our zikr Forgive us for the ghaflat in our zikr Forgive us for the ghaflat after our zikr Forgive us for the ghaflet during our zikr Ya Rabbi kareem, Ya Allah save us from being amongst the ghafileen Ya Allah, extract us from the ghafileen Ya Allah, you yourself said in the Qur'an al-Kareem Allahu wa Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi kareem, Ya Allah, make us the misdaq of yukharijuhum Ya Allah min al-dhulumati il-nur. Ya Allah, extract us from the darkness of our sins. Extract us from the dhulm of our laziness Extract us from the dhulm of our ghaflat And ya Allah bring us into the noor of iman Bring us into the noor of ittiba'i sunnah Bring us into the noor of muhammad al shaykh Ya Allah bring us into the noor of kasrat zikr Ya Allah how long will go when we just hear these names Ya Allah when will they become realities Ya Allah we wear these labels on our clothes Ya Allah when will they become realities in our heart Ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah in this month of Ramadan Ya Allah in this last 10 days of this month of Ramadan In the barakah of this home, your masjid In the barakah of the sunnah, ittikaf Ya Allah, the barakah of the mashakh, the ulama, the hufahs that are present Ya Allah, the barakah of the white-bearded shayukh, the elders that are present Ya Allah, the barakah of the small children that are running around Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to forgive us on this day Ya Allah, we ask you to send your special mercy on this gathering Ya Allah, we ask you to include us in the gaze of your mercy Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah we have, we've been taught That whenever a person finishes one bab of ilm It is more than 100,000 nawafil. Ya Rabbi Kareem, We finished one chapter of ilm with this giyah today Ya Allah we finished and completed The usuwah that our shaykh has written Ya Allah make it a means of reward for us Ya Allah make it a means of change for us Ya Rabbi Kareem, Make it a means of earning your pleasure for us Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah we ask you to help us to guard our gaze Ya Allah help us to guard our haya Help us to guard our chastity. Help us to purify our nafs. Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem, help us to guard our gaze Ya Allah forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes Forgive us for the sins that we did with our tongues Forgive us for the sins that we did with our minds Forgive us for the sins that we did with our hearts Ya Allah we ask You to purge us To remove us from all of our sins Ya Allah remove us from all thoughts of sin Remove us from all memories of sin Ya Allah remove us from all feelings of sin Ya Allah remove us from the memories of the pleasures that we took from that sin Ya Allah we ask You forgiveness from all of these things and most of all, Allah, we ask for your rahmah, your mercy. Ya Allah, to remove the distance that came between us due to our sins. Ya Allah, bridge the gap that has come between us due to our sins. Ya Allah, remove the veils that have come between us due to our sins. Ya Allah, remove the veils that obstruct us in our dhikr and our salah. Ya Rabbi Karim, Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the ability to lower our gaze. Ya Rabbi Karim, the truth is that we are the most weakest of your servants on earth. Ya Allah, there if there's anybody on earth, Ya Allah, who's earned the hellfire, it is us, Ya Rabbi Karim. Ya Allah, we are mustahikun We are mustahikun nar Ya Allah we ask you to make us mu'taq min Ya Allah we have earned the hellfire Ya Allah we have spent our lives earning the hellfire Ya Rabbi Kareem But we have spent just a few moments begging for your mercy Ya Allah we ask you to spend those moments begging for your mercy Ya Allah to be a merns of emancipation, liberation It from the hellfire Ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah remove our names from that list Ya Allah cross out our names from that list Ya Rabbi Kareem, remove our names from the list of people of hell. Ya Allah, do so only from your own mercy, your own rahmah, your own grace, your own karam, your own generosity. Ya Allah, you are Al-Kareem. Ya Allah, you are the generous one. Ya Allah, we have heard from our elders that Al-Kareem is that being who gives people without istikak. Ya Allah, we are amongst the people of without istikak. Ya Allah, we can be people who earn your karam. We can be the people who fit that definition that Ya Allah, you grant them things without them deserving it. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Save us, lead the undeserving members of this ummah Ya Allah, save us from the hellfire And Ya'an, guide us into the light of Jannah Guide us into the path of Jannah Guide us into the footsteps of the people of Jannah on this earth Ya Allah, increase us in our love for our mashaikh. Increase us in our ittiba of our mashaikh. Give us the tawfiq to do ittila To inform our mashayikh of all of our sins Ya Allah, you are the mu'ttale al-hakiki Ya Allah, open up the reality of our state to them Ya Allah, so that they may cure us in the best way that is possible Possible. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us amongst the cured ones. Ya Allah, you are the muzaki Hakiki. Ya Allah, you yourself said so in the Quran that nobody will get their tizqiya done except that you wish it. Ya Allah, we ask you to include us amongst your wishes. Include us in that desire. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Sitar. Ya Allah, you have been our perfect Sitar. Ya Allah, you have hided each and every sin that we did. You hided the lies that we did to cover up our sin. Ya Allah, you hided our when we did sin You hided our bodies When we did sin Ya Rabbi Kareem As perfect and complete A satar you are Ya Allah You are as perfect and complete A Rahim. You are as perfect and complete A ghafoor Ya Rabbi Kareem We ask you to forgive us For the sins that you hid Ya Allah We ask you to erase The sins that you hid Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Hanan Ya Manan Ya Allah We are your runaway servants We are your runaway slaves We are your distant ibad Ya Allah We turn to you We reconcile ourselves with you today. Ya Allah, we are at your door. We are begging you to let us in. Ya Allah, accept us back in your ibad. Ya Allah, include our names amongst the ranks of the ibad. Ya Allah, do not expel us from the ibad. Do not kick us out from the ranks of the ibad. Ya Allah, you have billions of servants, but Ya Allah, we have only one you. Ya Allah, there is no other rub for us in the world except you. Ya Allah, if you do not accept us on this day, then there's no place for us to go. Ya Allah, we will surely be amongst the lost ones. Ya Allah, take us out from the khasireen. Ya Allah, make us amongst the Tawabeen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you said in the Quran, Inna Allah yuhibb al-tawwabeen. Ya Allah, we are amongst the Tawabeen. Ya Allah, make us amongst your mahbubeen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us follow each and everything that we have learnt in these days. Ya Allah, grant us istikamat after the month of Ramadan. Ya Allah, we can imagine the shayateen breaking away at their chains. The shayateen in anticipation that we will be returned to them Ya Allah do not return us to our old way of sin do not return us to our old habits to our old thoughts to our old temptations to our old memories Ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah make this change lasting Ya Allah Ya Allah you are Al-Kareem surely you have not brought us here simply to turn us back into our own selves surely you did not let us meet Shaykh so that we could be returned to our own selves Ya Rabbi Kareem Ya Allah in the barakah of this itikaf in the barakah of our shiuch Ya Allah we ask you to grant us lasting change. Ya Allah grant us istikamat on the deen. Ya Allah make us newborn people. Ya Allah let the day of Eid be such a day that we are like a newborn baby who emerges from the mother of her womb. Ya Allah this is the womb of your masjid. Ya Allah just like a person leaves the womb of his mother in a state of fitratun salim on the purest and noblest state. Ya Allah let us emerge from the womb of this masjid with a kalbun salim. Ya Allah let us leave the womb of this masjid with a kalbun salim with a pure and untainted heart. لَمَّنَا تَكَمَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْأَنِيمُ وَاتُوبُ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَلَىٰ حَبِيبِهِ سَيْدَنَا مَحَمَّدُ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ آمِن